Good morning, my brothers and sisters, on the Good Morning Guys podcast, 61st episode. Thank you so much for joining us on this top 20 filled morning, afternoon, evening, and night as we seek to be timeless and continue living the dream, discussing the game of life amidst the other games we love to watch and play. I am one of your hosts who always is ready to take himself home country road style. When God and life allows, of course, Lucas Ham Swisher. Also with me, our resident Backstreet Boy, who simply wants it that away, Patrick Tete Novosel. I want it that way. And also with us, living that lifestyle of the rich and famous, better than good Charlotte ever could, Ronnie Johantis. You kind of sound like Hulk Hogan whispering. <laughs> yeah, brother. <laughs> We've got yeah, a brother. brother. And our final member of the GMG Quadfecta, the man with Mbops. Dang it, I messed that up. The man who Mbops his way to La Coretta almost every day of the week, Marcus James Abouche. Always remember, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. That's right, my friend. If this is your first time joining us, feel free to call into the show at 929-GMG-GUYS. Share your music request or dedication. If it's not your first time joining us, then you know that very likely if you call into the show, your message won't show up until next week. And that's all I got. Hey, guys. You call right now. How's right it going? This second. This right this second. Long distance dedication. Today, we're excited to talk about Halloween. Along with extra life. So, guys, let's jump into our week. I'm going to use my normal voice now. I I feel like if I use it too long, I'm eventually going to get into like some kind of Clint Eastwood, Casey Kasem impression. I'm going to you're like, like you're like dancing hey, in between going from Casey Kasem to uh, Don LaFontaine. You know the yeah. um, the movie trailer guy. Oh yes, in he a sold world. tortillas on in the street corner, and the mob wanted in. <laughs> but before the mob comes, let's listen to number four on the du- on the charts. Yeah. So, guys, we had uh, two big occasions this past week. We might as well jump right in and talk about those first and then add in, maybe pepper it with a little bit of our personal information. Halloween was this past week. Did uh, anybody go trick-or-treating, junk-or-treating, scare any people at the church in their Superman outfits uh, this past week? Junk or treating? That's throwing it back. <laughs> I about that one. <laughs> uh, no, I did not wear the costume this year because sad day. Of the show I accidentally put on last year. Oh, yeah, that's right. Claire was like, "Daddy, you cannot wear the Superman outfit." Last time you ended up with a bunch of dollar bills. <laughs> yeah, what was I thinking? Yeah, yeah. So for reals, did you guys uh, do any Halloween celebrating? With your kids or your dog or your cat? I did the standard handing out candy. Uh, Typically, we get a ton of trick-or-treaters. This year, it was really cold and gross outside. Oh, I heard that. Um, That it's uh, super cold in the north. And then um, it didn't rain during uh, trick-or-treating, but it was so windy and cold 
that normally I have like a, we normally drag the fire pit like towards the end of the driveway and then we just kind of sit around it, you know, while people walk up. This year we were kind of camped out in the garage um, just because it was so cold and we got, um, we probably only got 20, I'd say 20 or 30 trick-or-treaters mm-hmm. when I would say normally we get like a couple hundred. So yeah, wow. it was really, really like thin. <laughs> to all the people all the children in Ohio, I feel for you. Because if you remember my uh, when we did our Halloween episode and I told you I absolutely hated when I was like five and I dressed up as Batman and my parents made me wear a winter coat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, exactly what, that's exactly what Clark and Claire were doing. I mean, they, they see, he, was, he was supposed to be Mario, so but he's wearing his coat over his Mario costume and his and his hood was over his head oh. but we actually had a Mario hat so his hat was over his hood nice uh, so people are like okay he's Mario okay he's like homeless sense. Mario like trying to keep warm <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah oh yeah Anything it, was, it helps. was super cold <laughs> that's funny it was like 30 it's like 33 degrees out and Clark went I don't know maybe to 10 houses but Claire she was a trooper we went we probably uh, trick or treated the longest since she's tr- gone trick or treating. Really? Uh, she she just wanted to get the candy, you know, get candy, get candy. Give me some candy. candy get candy. I'm crazy. So we, Microwave face. Give me some candy. <laughs> uh, we uh, we went. I don't know. Probably almost the entire hit neighborhood. She. I think she ended up with about three pounds of of wow. candy. And Here like, comes uh, the dentist. like Ronnie, you were you were saying that it was so thin that means that everyone who had candy was given out extras like you just yeah. didn't get one people were like hey here's two here's three here's a handful kind we of we did thing. the same so, thing yeah yeah get this candy nice. out of here so uh yeah claire made out we were yes, actually that did. house this year giving out full-size candy bars mm, wow that house. we were that house yeah. this year yeah Nobody's going to egg you. Go to this house. Go to that house. Uh, one of the funny things that happened is my stepdad, he he really likes M&Ms. And he was, we didn't have any M&Ms. We had all these candy bars and stuff, but no M&Ms. So he's asking all the kids that come up, like, do you guys have any M&Ms? Like, I'll trade you. And he <laughs> traded this one kid, like, three full-size candy bars for, like, a small Halloween pack of M&Ms. <laughs> oh, man, that kid made kid out. Kid made out like a bandit. Yeah, he did. <laughs> your dad's, your stepdad's Supply like, and demand. <laughs> Supply yeah. and demand. <laughs> well, here in Brazil, uh, I'm sorry to say there was zero celebration because Halloween is a holiday of evil, according to so many people here. Uh, and I can't remember if I mentioned it last year in our Halloween episode, but it's so bad that at churches, like for example in our church, uh, my kids came from Sunday school and they're like, Daddy, guess what we learned today? I'm like, what kids? They're like, Halloween is bad. And I'm like... <laughs> And what did you learn from the Bible? <laughs> like, I don't know. Halloween's bad. And I'm like, Ugh. so pretty much how it goes here is that it's much more common for people to have a family history where witchcraft was practiced. Mm. And so because of that connection, they automatically lump in Halloween with actual witchcraft. And so they associate it to the point where it's not Christian here to celebrate Halloween or to participate and so you have to like just agree to disagree and avoid it uh and, and if we would have walked around the neighborhood knocking on people's gates and walls because you can't go to a person's door 
<laughs> in Latin America, like South, Central and South America, everybody's houses are gated. Uh, they would not have candy for you. They'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> Go away. <laughs> so no Halloween here. Uh, the closest thing that we did to celebrate Halloween is in Kingdom Hearts uh, in Kingdom Hearts 1 that we're still playing. We went to Halloween Town and we hung out with Jack and this is Halloween, this is Halloween, da, 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 you know, What's this? all that good What's stuff. This? So, yeah, so uh, yeah, that was that was the the most Halloweeny it got here. Halloweeny? I don't know if I can say that, but Halloweenish. Uh, but I think something that we got even more excited about this past week, uh, we definitely want to talk about, and that is a old extra life because we did our first Good Morning Guys extra life stream. The three amigos. Yeah, we did. Hang tight, hang tight. Before before we move on to extra life, just kidding. Um, yeah. So um, I know technically <laughs> I didn't mark. do any trick or treating, but I did. Oh, sorry. In a way, yeah. No, it's okay. But I did in a way take part in Halloween festivities. Oh, did you? Um, yeah, because um, so Halloween night every year, uh, Chipotle, which is a fine dining restaurant here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, every year they do this this sort of deal where they they have four dollar burritos or burrito bowls to anyone who comes in dressed in costume, and so, um, you know, I talked to to Kristen and I was like, we should go ahead and do it, and so I was thinking for a better part of the day, I'm like, man, I really haven't thought about what I would want to be, um, what kind of costume I would want to wear. Um, she pretty much knew right away. She's like, I've got a Chewbacca onesie. I'm going to be Chewbacca. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, and so I thought about it. And at first I was like, well, I've got enough stuff here to where I could be like dressed up as a nerd or something like that, which pretty much is just generally what I wear. But anyway. Yeah. Same. You know, what do you just wrap tape around the nose guard of your glasses? Um, I, I, and then that's it. I thought about doing that. So I have to and, change yeah <laughs> and uh and like putting like a bunch of pen pens in your in that little right, pocket little pocket protector pulling my pants way up and i was like nah i want to do something else um so i was like well what's simple yet batman related and so um i dressed up as matches malone which if you remember from our batman episode uh, is, is you know Matches Malone is also known as, as Matches, Matches Malone. Malone. That's right. <laughs> how many people got that? By the way, like how many people knew who you were? Anybody? Nobody. Nobody came and asked. It didn't matter. I knew what? who Matches I was. Malone. He's my favorite. <laughs> so for those who who may not remember, Matches Malone is kind of like this deep undercover alias that Batman uses to kind of get like. Street level is like he's basically like a street level thug. Um, and now, like Superman, he, does he wear his Batman clothes and then he puts matches Malone clothes over top of it? So he's like Joey been, with a bunch of layers of clothes. Yeah, I thought about that. I Could like, I be gotta wearing be uncomfortable. more clothes? And they both wear capes, so that's gotta be uncomfortable under all that all that clothing to have a have the suit with a cape. Yeah. Um, but you know, comic books. Um, that is correct. So, but yeah, he has been known in the past to wear the suit underneath all of that. Um, he mm-hmm. doesn't do it every time, um, but 
But in any case, yeah, and obviously, so I had like um, a nice jacket and a button-up shirt and, and nice pants. And underneath all of that, I had a Batman shirt. And I basically just left the, the, the shirt, the button-up shirt open so you could see the, the Batman logo and all that. Cool. Um, so I knew, Kristen knew. Did anybody else know? Well, they saw the Batman logo, so obviously it had something to do with Batman, but it didn't matter. Um, Didn't you have like a leather jacket on in the picture you sent? um, It wasn't a leather leather jacket, um, but it was like a a, like a heavier jacket um, that I had because it was the closest thing I had to something that um, that matches Malone would wear. And of course, I had to to top off the ensemble. I had. A nice uh, match that you that you put in in your mouth in between your teeth because he he is known to do that kind of like a toothpick, mm-hmm. but it's an actual <laughs> match. like matches Malone. Yeah, he's not toothpick Malone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously we got uh, you know discount food, great food for less money. So that was awesome. But that was pretty much the extent of my Halloween, and we got candy corn. And I don't care what anybody Gross. else thinks about that. Listen, Long John Silvers. That's all I gotta say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had you had candy corn and Long John Silvers. Oh, no, it's been a rough day. No, you must have had the trots. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard it referred to as the trots. <laughs> First time for everything. I've heard it as the runs. But yeah. not the trots. But okay. Well. <laughs> but yeah, that was pretty much my Halloween. So cool. extra life. Why do yes. they call it the trots? Is that because you're just like trotting to the bathroom? But you can't run like a normal person, so you look like you're riding a little imaginary horse? You're clenching basically to get to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> that all sounds right. That sounds yep. legitimate. I think that's that's yeah. You can't imagine get through it, the podcast and that's episode the without talking about poop. <laughs> we didn't say poop. You said it. You brought it up. All right. You so. said trots. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so this past weekend was Extra Life. For those that don't don't know anything, somehow you you know you just came out of a hibernation sleep and you were like, "What is this Extra Life? What is this Halloween?" Uh, Extra Life is a charity weekend where people pretty much play video games and raise money for kids. And Good Morning Guys participated. We did a 24-hour stream where Patrick took the first eight hours, I took the second eight hours, and Mark took the third eight hours and closed us out. So, guys, what did you think of the experience? How did it go with your eight hours? Any highlights? Any fails? Any noteworthy things? Let's go in order. Pat, go first. Yeah, Do okay. Uh, so uh, my plan was uh, I started at 7 p.m. Eastern, and my plan was to start with the Call of Duty Modern Warfare campaign. I would play through that to completion and then switch over to Apex Legends. Well, as soon as I get home, um, I had red boxed uh, Call of Duty, and... Um, and with any Call of Duty, there's always a day one patch. And so I knew that, but I'm like, oh, I'm just playing the campaign. I'm just playing offline. There's, it's not going to be any problem. As soon as I uh, put it in, uh, it says, do you want to start it without updating? I'm like, yeah, go ahead. That's fine. And I boot it up. I get to the title screen, and the title screen, every single mode is locked. 
the only way that you can play this game is if you download the patch. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, I, I had gotten home maybe about 5.30, and I was like, okay, hour and a half until the start time. It's plenty of time to download this patch. So I go to the downloads, and I see 57 gigabytes Gosh. of downloads. 57. That's this game has been out for ridiculous. a week. What in the world? And that's so pretty like, much par for the course for, for <laughs> Call of Duty games. <laughs> that makes no sense. Yeah. 57 gigabytes. I think the game was less than that. I think it was like 40-something. So I was like, well, I guess, I guess I'm going to play Apex uh, while this downloads. So um, I played Apex. I played probably played Apex for maybe about 45 minutes, and then Mark jumped on. Um, and uh, we got a couple wins. Um, we got some uh, donations during the Apex stream, which was awesome. Mark was Mark was like the Twitch man. So I we were playing, but he was reading all the chat, and he was responding to all the chat and uh, putting the posts for the links to Extra Life and everything. Like he was the he was the man. Yeah, um, social media machine. He was. Yeah. So I I felt like Thank I was you. like okay I can. I can just go ahead and play, and Mark can take care of it all. So this is this is awesome. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, so yeah, we played. I played Apex for I think maybe about four and a half hours. Uh, around eleven fifteen, uh, the download finally finally ended, and I could jump into to Call of Duty campaign. And um, so uh, Mark jumped off. I went over to Call of Duty, and I had heard from mark previously and others that this campaign was crazy like it was going to be hard to play um i don't know i got through maybe seven or eight missions and i was like okay this is this is call of duty this is a war game i'm totally fine with this uh, you know you, there's guns there's shooting there's all these different uh objectives uh it was fun uh but then there was one mission that was awful to play uh and i i don't want to give any spoilers uh out about it uh but if you want to find out about it just look up i can't remember what mission it was um or what it was called but you you don't play as the um is it the, know, i guess i'm not is, is it can the we flashback put up a, mission can we put up a spoiler warning Sp oh yeah okay spoiler warning if you have not played call of duty and you want to not be spoiled just fast forward one minute and go now uh you play as a uh a kid yep you it's play a flashback as a little girl i read it on and, wikipedia <laughs> and it you uh your your dad gets killed uh you have to hide from the enemy uh you have to crawl around and get like scissors or screwdrivers that are like lying around the house and sneak up on this guy and like hit him in the in the shins hit him in the knees with whatever weapon you have, and then go hide again. And these kids just watch their dad die. They put on uh, gas masks to uh, get away from the gas. And then they have to, this little girl ends up gra grabbing a revolver and she has to kill two, two guys. And when she's holding the gun, you can tell like a little kid is holding the gun. You can Gosh. see her little hands and everything. And the way she's holding it, it is, it was, it was awful. It was crazy as a dad. Uh, I did not particularly enjoy that one, uh, but other than that, other than that mission, um, 
it was fine. But that mission, I just, it just, I didn't, I didn't like as, as a, as a father. So, anyways, spoilers mm. over. Tap the hat. Pat your head. head. I don't know. Whatever. Nobody can <laughs> see that. Audio but that's podcast. okay. <laughs> well, definitely, like um, Activision basically came out and said, you know, this game is going to show the horrors of war, of modern, literally modern warfare, and they, they definitely did that. For sure. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did. Um, and it was, it was, it was a good campaign. I, I didn't end up finishing it through Extra Life. Um, I stopped at three, so Lucas, you could jump on. So Saturday afternoon, I played the rest of it. Um, I only had three missions left. I got through eleven missions. I just, and it's only a fourteen mission, um, um, campaign. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was fun. I really enjoyed that game. Nice. Awesome. Cool. Well, and then, then Lucas, I, uh, get, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I jumped on 3 a.m. It was 4 a.m. my time. Uh, I got up at like 3:45 and hopped in the shower because I needed to wake up. And uh, I got a big old cup of coffee that I already had ready to go, and uh, filled it with sugar and milk and everything nice, and uh, just got going. And uh, I started out things with Fallout 76. And uh, was chatting with Chad Fackler. He joined me on the stream. And nice. unfortunately, I found out either partway through that or partway through the next part of the stream that nobody could hear him. <laughs> and he did Aww. not know. He did not know how to change his settings. So I was just talking to a ghost. So that was fun. But uh, <laughs> Chad and I had a nice chat. Um, and I really enjoyed playing Fallout 76. I hadn't played it since going to the U.S. back in June, and so it was nice to just go back into that good old digital West Virginia, um, and I definitely have a renewed commitment to finish the game. I did finish uh, a big mission that I was really having a struggle with to finish, um, and so when when Sheldor gets back, I think he's actually already back from Belize. He went Is to he? Belize okay. uh, last week. If he's not back, he's going to be back soon. Um yeah. No, he left on Thursday, so he'll probably be back this Thursday. Uh, so I'll probably jump on there with him. Uh, but it was it was a good time in uh, Digital West Virginia. Then after that, uh, did some Overwatch with Chad Fackler. Had a blast there. Uh, halfway through Overwatch, my kids woke up, and uh, Tasha wanted to play with me, play a game. And I was like, well, you're not going to play Overwatch because <laughs> you won't have any idea what you're doing. I think Overwatch is is pretty child-friendly game, but... I was like, no, we're not going to play this. So I, I played it for a little bit, just a little bit longer. And then we jumped over to Guacamelee 2, which is a, a side-scroller set in, pretty much set in Mexico. And uh, it's a really funny game, really fun game. Uh, but I quickly discovered that my daughter did not have the coordination to play the game. So we switched over to Overcooked. And uh, we lit the kitchen on fire a few times. We uh, <laughs> learned how to fry fish and fry french fries uh, in the Arctic. It was the new area of the game that we're working through the campaign slowly, little by little. Uh, but then right when it was about to get too frustrating, we switched over to Jackbox Party Pack. And we did Jackbox 1 through 3. And I would say within all of that, the only there were only two situations that kind of happened that kind of... It didn't throw a kink in the plans exactly, but it kind of distracted. One of them distracted me and the other definitely was not cool. Uh, the first was that I, I tried to buy Jackbox 4 like right before my stream or during the stream and I had like this issue with Sony 
uh, Sony's website, and so I never got to actually buy it. Uh, but it definitely distracted me during the stream, and it was very frustrating. But the one thing that that really was not cool was during the Jackbox party time, uh, uh, a guy that I have no idea who he is got on the stream. He seemed cool, and I repeated over and over when we were doing the stream, hey, my kids are with me. And also another guy by the name of Fluxel, Adam Paith, he was with us, and he said, hey, my kids are here too. That'd be great if we can keep it clean, keep it job-friendly. And uh, at some point this one one person in the stream decided they didn't want to be child friendly and they just plastered a big old f bomb across the screen and oh. uh that was not cool and uh so instead of just closing the game down real quick i waited cuz i wanted to see who did it and i persi- i i blocked him and kicked him out of the stream um but yeah that was probably the only negative thing that happened the rest of the stream was fun it was a blast uh i did get to have the curse word talk with my daughter so that was fun um you know (laughs) i told her i I pretty much was honest with her i was like tasha by the time i was your age i knew every curse word in the book i had used it way too much um and so you know that it's it's not good you know to to use those uh to use those words in a way to hurt other people or to you know and i just i was honest with her about it and uh it was we we made the most of it it was fine uh, but other than that, it was a really good uh, Twitch stream. I really enjoyed it. Eight hours is nice. I can't imagine doing 24 hours, Patrick, like you did last year. Oh, and yeah. How you, that's... how you missed a part of your life. Like, that's gone forever. You'll never have a memory of, like, those last four or five hours. <laughs> I don't. But I you don't. can remind him. <laughs> yeah. yeah cool. just oh, yeah. That was very entertaining for me, playing Broforce with you. Uh, but then after that, I played till about 11 o'clock, I think. And then Marky Mark took over. Yes, Marky Mark did take over. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for all intents and purposes, the actual stream went very well for me. Um, had a lot of people join in in the chat. I know both you guys, you and Lucas did. Ronnie, you did. Um, Eric, uh, Bengalman09 jumped in. Uh, Lem jumped in at one point. Uh, Matt, Arctic Warlocks, was there. Um I'm trying to think who else. Um, I want to say Tim was there, Tim Pollan. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, a bunch of people joined in the chat at different points of, of my stream, which was awesome. Uh, I really appreciate the support there. Um, I, I streamed The Outer Worlds Um for my first game and streamed that for about an hour and a half. And I told you guys, I knew going into that game, I'm not a fan of those games. I'm not a fan. It, it very much plays like a fallout game. Um, and I'm not a big fan of, of fallout games to me. Yeah. A lot of that type of stuff drags for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, plus all the, the deep, skill trees and and attributes and things like that and quest after quest after quest um it just it was too much for me um so i gave it a chance tried to give it a good hour and a half and after that i was like guys i'm sorry i'm I'm done with this (laughs) (laughs) um so um i switched to hollow knight hollow knight is more of a uh a more challenging platformer game Kind of in the style of Ori and the Blind Forest, if you've ever heard of that. Um, 
Uh, I think it's commonly referred to as a Metroidvania, um, where basically you have to do a lot of backtracking and and you 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 get power ups and stuff like that to upgrade your character and and things like that. It's not linear. You're going back and forth through different uh, maps in the game. Um, so, but that was a lot of fun. Um, I knew that that was going to be something I liked, and I absolutely loved that game. It was my first time playing, um, and I very much enjoyed. Um, I have not... I, I think I've only, like, just barely scratched the surface, but uh, I know Pat asked, you think you're going to finish this game? And I think I will go back to it. And nice. you can go ahead nice. and finish. Because um, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was also really cool, like, the uh, graphics, like, the artistic look of the game was really neat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the art style was awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, it, it very much had Sims-like talk, even though there was a lot of dialogue boxes, like <laughs> that sort of gibberish. <laughs> um, but it was it was cool and, and very much enjoyable. Um, now, before I go on to the rest of the games I streamed, there was one major negative that happened throughout the game the day, and. Unfortunately, it was the result of some people who, or or person, I don't know, who decided to just make a bad day for everybody else. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was a bummer. I don't know who it was. I hope Extra Life gets to the bottom of it and that that person or persons are properly punished for this. But the Extra Life... Um, Website, the donation website, was the victim of what's called a DDoS or DDoS attack. Um, DDoS stands for dedicated, or excuse me, distributed denial of service, where basically hackers take this army of, of computers and create what's called a botnet, and they will take that and basically flood a website's server with traffic consistently to the point where it will take the server down. You will shut down the website. And somebody did that to to Extra Life, to a charity website. And so for the better part of the day, um, the site was down. So people couldn't donate. Um, we, had our, we had our stream embedded as a link on our donation website. Um, I had to scramble to repost our Twitch links because... You know, <laughs> that was the main way we were pushing our, our uh, the way that people could watch our streams was to go to the donation website mm -hmm. and people couldn't go there. So I was having to make all sorts of changes with the with the social media and, you know, it would go back up and then it would come back down and go back up and it would come back down. So it was it was just really frustrating. Um, and I'm sure it was super frustrating for Extra Life to have to deal with that. Um, but they were troopers throughout all of it and they were you know really helpful and jokes on whoever did it because they made was it 9.6 was it million or billion i can't remember i imagine it was a million it's it's million yeah, yeah. uh 9.6 million dollars which is higher than last year nice so jokes yeah. on you <laughs> uh -huh. Very um, nice. but that was still kind of frustrating to deal with uh, but we made it work um, and then after, so after Hollow Knight jumped into some Apex on the Xbox side, which would, I don't do very often, um, at all. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, did that with Patrick 
and Eric, Bengalman09, played some games there. Um, didn't fare so well, but still we had a lot of fun. Um, so that yeah. was that was a good time. And then uh, when Eric and Patrick jumped off, um, I started streaming Jackbox Party Pack 4 um, just to, to get the people in our chat involved. Um, so, um, you know, obviously I jumped in and then Patrick jumped in, Matt, Arctic Warlocks jumped in, um, Mel, Melanie Novacell actually jumped in at one point, Claire Novacell jumped in at nice. one point. Yes, she did. <laughs> she was actually, there were a couple times where she beat me, um, on some questions. Um, we played, um, the game Fibbage. From the Jackbox Party Pack collection, uh, which is a lot of fun. Um, and then for the last 20 minutes or so, I went back to Hollow Knight. Um, so overall, the stream itself was was great. Um, overall, we uh, we raised $300. Um, we got one donation after the after the stream was over, um, which was awesome. Um, I just want to go ahead and just. Uh, name some of our donors and thank them um, for for their generous donations. Um, so MLS Chop or ML Shop, however you'd like to say it. <laughs> um, of course, Hollywood Bones, uh, Matthew Shepard, Shep Dog. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, we got an anonymous donation. Uh, Stupidly Epic jumped on and donated, which was awesome. Uh, the Facklers, uh, Eric Bengalman09, he he donated, as well as Tim Pollen, and um, I contributed a little bit myself. Um, mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, thank you so much to everybody who donated. Um, because of what happened on Saturday. Um, we're kind of going to keep pushing this campaign because I still think that we can make this $500 donation goal. And and so um, if you can help out, if you haven't had the chance to donate, if you would like to donate a little bit more, if you already donated, um, you know, any little bit helps. And 100% of your donation goes to directly to uh, Cincinnati Children's Hospital. Um, it goes towards aiding sick children in the hospital there. Uh, Extra Life does not pocket that money. Um, it all goes to the right place. Um, so if you want to go to extra-life.org slash participant slash the good morning guys, the campaign is still open. Uh, you can you can definitely go there and donate and help us out uh, because I still think we can reach that goal and um, just give people more time since the, the, the website was having so much trouble on on Saturday, but mm-hmm. overall it was, it was, a, it was a great fun. I was glad that we could sure. kind of share the load and, uh, I'd be glad to do it again for sure. Yeah, definitely. I have a challenge, a challenge. If we, if we get to 35 reviews, I will stream for 24 hours. Whoa. What? To get to that, to get to that 500. So anybody out there who has not, rated us yet do so oh man that's, challenge that's a, has been laid down yep that would be sweet that would be something crazy all right we just need yep. four more reviews we're at 31 just right four. now that's it 
Just four. <laughs> we get four reviews. We will get a 24-hour stream, and it will be the most entertaining you will ever see in November, if it happens in November. Maybe December. Maybe I'll beat uh, my little running champion. <laughs> <laughs> you can't beat that, man. Come on. All if right. It doesn't so, glitch on, out on you. Beyond uh, Halloween, Extra Life, any other uh, news, noteworthy things in life, Ronnie, care to share how life is over there? Up there, around there. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. Um, I did. Uh, I did a couple things this week. Um, one of which was I finally watched Rogue One. I'd never Ooh, seen it nice. before. Yeah. Um, I've had it saved on my TV for a really long time, and uh, it was awesome. It was really yes. good. It's um, a good one. I I really enjoyed that. I remember when I first um, was aware of it coming out. I thought, ah, uh, kind of like an offshoot movie, like. It's probably not going to be that good, uh, but man, it was really, really good. Uh, like yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. The action was great. Um, I mean, it it did have a great ending. Um, you know, I won't <laughs> if somebody actually wants to see that. It's been out for a long time, but um, it was a good the, one-off. It was, it was really, and it does. It leads you directly up to what is it, episode four? Yeah, um, new hope. It leads. I mean, it leads directly into it. <laughs> right up to it. Uh, yeah, so it butts right Quite up against epically. that movie. It, it's actually so, kind of jarring when you watch the end of Rogue One and then you jump right into A New Hope. <laughs> yeah, it you're is, like, this isn't is. the same. Yeah, it, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but there were a couple of um, other interesting things I did. One of which is there is on Amazon Prime Video there is a Star Wars documentary, um, and I. Man, I it's a, called an empire. I, I'll have to look it up now. Um, but I guess it was created in 2004. It is a documentary. It's two and a half hours long, so it's not a short documentary. Um, but it goes through George Lucas and his original making of the first three. Uh, nice. The first three being four, five, and six. It's um, called and uh, it, the uh, Empire of Dreams. Empire of Dreams. That is it. And um, it is. It was an awesome documentary. If you're like a Star Wars fan and you're into that. Um, they go through so many things within there. Um, basically the making of the initial video, like the very, like, you know, the first probably 45 minutes is pretty much about George Lucas, um, and his early filmmaking and kind of his ideas and things like that. Um, one of the things I thought was really interesting in, in the video or in the documentary was they actually show the, um, a lot of the original, um, audition tapes for the parts. Um, Mm -hmm. they show the actual audition tapes and stuff and there was a lot of really neat stuff in there. Like you see the initial audition of, you know, Mark Hamill and, um, you know, Harrison Ford. But I, uh, one of the things I thought about that was, uh, kind of funny is that Kurt Russell actually auditioned. Uh, (laughs) really? Yeah. He auditioned as Luke, um, in the movie and it shows like, it shows a clip of his audition. Um, and there's actually a bunch of really famous, um, actors at the time um that had tried out for it so it was really cool to see that um obviously a really young kurt russell um in the mid 70s there but uh the documentary itself if you're a star wars fan it, it goes through a, a whole lot of stuff um i mean even down to how they created some of the sounds like how they created some of the like special effects in the movie because most of the special effects had never been done before mm-hmm. um one of the things that was interesting about the special effects is when it came to the like space fights, like the dog fights, you know, between the, um, you know, the X wings and stuff like that, 
they actually use clips from old war film um, and they use them like frame by frame um, basically to help create those those fighting scenes and they actually put them up next to each other and you they show them clip by clip and you can see exactly how they used it so basically it was that was a way for them to make it happen hmm. um, they they go over like like how the sounds like of Chewbacca like how they decided like how they came up with the sounds um, it's basically a bunch of animal sounds a bunch of animal clips like recorded um, and used and manipulated um, it was really really neat and um, nice. uh, it, really yeah, it wasn't it, just a guy like standing there going <laughs> it, it really it really wasn't they showed some of the original um, so some of the original like scenes that were shot like um, I, I can't remember the person's name now that played Darth Vader um, he James was essentially like oh the uh, Anakin Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker <laughs> the guy that that was the his body. His name was of, David Prowse. Yes, David Prowse. Prowse. Like they basically hired him because he was a big, imposing figure. Um, he was like yeah. a bodybuilder and just a massive a human being. And when they, I always like to actually, envision James Earl Jones in the suit, just <laughs> yeah. walking around. So when they actually show some of the clips of them, like um, like going through the scenes and. You know, the actual, like, James Earl Jones is not Vader. Like, he's not speaking. It's the other <laughs> it's guy. David's voice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so bizarre. Like, That's listen to that. sounds so weird. He, um, he sounds like, if you've ever seen the movie Spaceballs. Yes, yeah, of course. Rick Classic. Mor- Rick Moranis is <laughs> him doing Dark Helmet. That's what he, what he sounds like. That's what he yeah, sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like. very oh bizarre. <laughs> um, you're like, wow. Like, it, it would have been hard, like, at the time, I feel like, to take him very seriously. Now, like, obviously, we know what Darth Vader sounds like in the James Earl Jones voice or whatever, but... Hey, guys, um, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Well, he had an accident. Well, part of was the he... Rebel Alliance and a traitor. <laughs> Wasn't he... Um, I can't remember. Was he Australian or something like that? He had, like, a... I... I think he's British. British. I, I know yeah. the um, uh, the actor from uh, Chewbacca was uh, he was an English guy also. Yep. Because I know most of it was filmed in England, and I actually didn't even know that. Yep. But um, yeah, it was. It's a really really cool documentary. Um, yeah, if you haven't cool. seen it, it's it's definitely worth it. Um, yeah, David Prowse was British. British. Yeah, so you yep. can hear like his accent, <laughs> but it's Darth Vader talking. It, it is a bizarre thing. <laughs> um. Other than that, um, I just played a little bit of Rocket League on the game front. Got back in there a couple times and there played. You go. Nice. Um, I am highly anticipating the new Star Wars game coming out. Yes. Uh, we mm-hmm. have about about 10, 11 days now. And uh, you gonna do day one? Yeah, I actually think I'm gonna Play pre-order it. I was I was talking to Elizabeth because she actually is gonna order it as well, but she'll get it for the PC. Um, but she had said, uh, the pre-order includes like a couple of extras. So I will mm-hmm. probably get on there and do that. Um, she said like a couple of like skins or something like that. I, I haven't looked, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that game for sure. I would, nice. uh, I'll be happy to get back into it. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's it for me though. Cool. That's my week. All right. Patrick, did you have anything extra to share beyond Halloween uh, yeah. and extra life? No. Yeah. No, no, no. good. All right. Nothing. Fair enough. Uh, On my front, uh, you brought up Star Wars, Ronnie. Uh, I didn't watch any Star Wars, but my kids continue on the Star Wars frenzy. Uh, My my son is like tracking down any Star Wars book he can find in the library at his school. So they have these little. Do you guys remember Golden Books, the the kids' books? They have these really sweet like Star Wars like 
both the prequel and the original trilogy in golden book form. So it's a simplified version of all the movies. And my son has been tracking them down. He actually found two to buy and he borrowed two others from the library and he's been reading them over and over and over again. And he's getting really good at, uh, I mean, this kid is in first grade and he is a reading machine. Um, and then, uh, keeping with the Star Wars train, Mindy and I this past weekend bought our uh, pre-bought. No, that's not right. We bought our tickets for Star Wars Episode Nine finally to yeah, see buddy. the midnight showing. And this is going to be our first midnight uh, showing since Star Wars Episode Three in two thousand five. Wow! Wow! Old man right. alert! I don't. I hope is I can stay be, awake. Is it actually going to be at midnight? It's going to be at midnight oh one. So yes, nice. it's a All true right. midnight showing, and I'm going to stay up way too late. I'm going to have to like, I don't know, take some gum with me. I I won't. I know I won't fall asleep. It's <laughs> what? <laughs> Chew some gum? No, I won't fall asleep. I'm not that bad. But uh, we're really pumped and excited. So that's cool. yeah, nice. Um, have uh, your this... have either have your kids ever seen like um, or are they aware of like either what is there? There's two of the animated series like the there's the Clone Wars and. And there's what rebels. rebels. So are they familiar with either one of those? They are a little bit, but I'm kind of figuring <laughs> out. Like I, I haven't looked into it recently because I know Disney Plus is like is Dis- Disney Plus is coming this month? Is that right? Next week. Yeah, next week, yep. right? So uh, I don't think maybe Netflix next, I think maybe not next week. week the following yeah. Yeah. next Tuesday. Is yeah, it? something okay. like that. But anyways, uh, we had watched a little bit, but it was before the kids were really into Star Wars. Uh, but they're familiar with it, and I intend to, at some point, get them to, to watch them. But they need to watch the prequels first, I think, kind of. It's just confusing because there's just so much that happens. I'm trying, to, like, I'm trying to watch it in release order with the kids. But that's definitely something I'm interested in watching with them. I think they'll definitely enjoy because uh, those, those animated shows are pretty good. I don't know. Have you yeah. watched them, Ronnie? I actually just started. I've, I watched the first two episodes of uh, uh, the Rebels one. Yeah, I've heard the Rebel one is even better than the Clone Wars. The first two episodes are really good, actually. Yeah, so it's good stuff. Um, besides that, with the kids, we most certainly watched uh, a Disney movie this past week. After last week when I uh, you know, shared with you guys our Disney fever that had caught on, uh, we, of course, fittingly watched the live-action Lion King, and uh, the kids... The kid, well, the whole family. We were we were rolling in some of the. Have you guys all seen the live action Lion King, the newer I one? I have, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have not yet. No, so no. they they keep pretty faithful, like frame for frame, especially at the beginning to the movie. But there are definitely some differences that I won't spoil. But they're pretty comical, like pretty funny. Some of the things they they kind of make fun of themselves a little bit at some point and they do some other stuff. I think they they expounded some of the conversations or situations and kind of gave it a little more context and uh, I really appreciated that. I liked that about it. Um, there definitely was the the you know, we talked about Aladdin I think before and the difference in the music and how they kind of really made it their own. In this mm-hmm. one, I felt like the music kind of fell flat. Um, it did. And yep. it didn't have that same punch to it. But other than the music, I found that you know some of the dialogue changes, the realism of it was really cool. Even though yeah, we well, call it live action Lion King, it's still animated, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, and then 
the other than that, Scar to me was creepier and in some ways a better villain in this one than he was in the in the animated one. Like he really creeped me out. In this I think one. they could, they made him. I think like the the actual like character looked more evil also like oh you know, totally they were just able to make him look like yeah. way scarier they did i i thought they did a, a real good job i think you know given that the og animated is a 10 out of 10 on the aiken for some bacon scale i would give the live action lion king an 8 out of 10 on the burning balls of gas scale so that's what i'm gonna go with for my my <laughs> mark what scale is this there was this a is, lot there this is my scale. Okay. It's my scale for rating it. Eight out of ten. Burning There's balls multiple, of gas. Multiple scales now. And- <laughs> well, the OG has the ten out of ten Aiken for some bacon scale, but that doesn't apply to the live action. So, besides that, moving on. Uh, on the gaming front, played some Dragon Age Inquisition, of course, and life is continuing with that. I'm continuing to love it. Uh, making friends, enemies living out the adventure speaking of making friends did you figure out how to hug in that game yet uh no but my son did enjoy hunting dragons with me not hugging dragons hunting dragons ah and it's okay. really funny right now uh with uh, uh the armor i have i pretty much make everything explode uh when i when i kill it and so with i think every dragon we killed it it would explode at the end but they didn't like mesh the animation very well so the it would explode, then the body of the the dragon would appear, and then it would just dissolve, and then there would just be a head. And it was really like, it did not mesh well together. My son didn't notice, but every time we did it, I laughed because it was just so janky. But uh, yeah, no, no hugging dragons, but it was fun. We did some dragon hunting together. My son really enjoyed that. Uh, and so Dragon Age Inquisition continues. Uh, it's good times. Uh, and then other than that... I got nothing else. So that leaves nice. Mark. You got anything uh, additional you want to share with us about your last week? No, that was pretty much major highlights was just Halloween and Extra Life and all the gaming I did with that. Fair enough. So I'm out. Well, I guess that uh, leaves our topic then. Indeed it does. Yep. This one's about Indeed. music, guys. Yes, that's right, self. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> our our topic this week is, of course, music. We're we're coming back around for music volume two, uh, our second part uh, discussion on all things musical, and specifically, we are kind of focusing in on uh, decades of music. You know, a lot of a lot of, in a lot of ways, music is. It's always changing. Um, there's always trends. There's always advancements in music, things like that. And it really, it really sums itself up in in terms of decades. There are certain types and styles of music that basically identify the decade as a whole. Certain artists that are at the forefront of a particular decade of music. Um, you know, just for example, like the 50s, you have like Chuck Berry, you have Elvis, all those guys. 30s and 40s, you've got 
uh, Frank Sinatra and all the Rat Pack people and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, 60s, you know, bands like the Beatles and, and uh, the Beach Boys, the Rolling Stones, all those kinds of guys. 70s, disco, we're moving on. 80s, Michael Jackson, uh, Madonna, Prince, all those hair guys. Bands. 90s, Nirvana. Oh, yeah, hair bands, yes. Uh, 90s, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, um, lots of techno. Um, and then, of course, today's music. Um, so there are certain artists that just define uh, define the era. They Was define- that a dig at today's music? <laughs> and then there's the 2000s, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move on from that, too. Uh, no, no, there's plenty of good stuff that's come out in the 2000s, but um, you kind of have to sift a little harder through it. Um, and that may just be the old man in me talking. Um, but... Yeah, so there are there are genres of music and and artists that have defined particular decades, and so that's what we're focusing in on. Um, so I have asked the guys to uh, compile first and foremost what their favorite decade of music is, and secondly, artists from that decade. They should hopefully have a top five list, and, maybe, and fifty bajillion honorable mentions. Um, but, um, but yeah, I asked the guys to compile a list of their favorite, uh, artists from their favorite decade. Um, so I will let eeny, meeny, miny, Ronnie go first. So Ronnie, what is your favorite decade of music? It is definitely the eighties. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What, uh, what, uh defines the 80s and why is it why is it uh of interest to you why is are it you favorite? are you asking for my top five bands from the 80s is that what's going on right now well you can start out with why why you why is your favorite and then go into your favorite artists well i will start out by saying that i came from the 80s mm-hmm. i believe most of the great things came from the 80s yep um no i think the 80s was the reason I, I, I am actually drawn to the 80s is because it is the best music to, like, I don't know, man, if you have a bunch of people at a party, at a wedding, like, man, that's the music that, like, gets everybody going. It's, like, yeah. the best dance music, like, you know, it's just, it, it has, it's its own thing. And another, I feel like another um, decade in music doesn't have that. Mm. Nice. I'd say that's a good summation, for sure. Now, your favorite artists. Um, I didn't really do that. I kind of uh, took my own road here. Okay. If you can believe that. Um, R for the course. A, a for effort. F for completing the assignment. Effort. Yep. That's fair. You <laughs> made I got a good a effort. <laughs> um, so, the reason I didn't... Ronnie AF. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, the reason... <laughs> The reason I didn't um, compile a list of my top bands or artists is because for me, um, I don't have like a group in the 80s or an artist in the 80s that I like go through and listen just like to their music. Um, okay. I guess like more like I would like in the 90s, like the 90s, like I I did that, you know, with certain artists, um, but I never really did with the 80s. Um, I, you know, I, I, you can't mention the 80s without mentioning michael jackson regardless of 
what you think about Michael Jackson as a human being. Um, yeah. The man made great music. Um, yeah, he's a musical sure. genius. Like his music mm-hmm. was um, revolutionary. And um, but for the most part in the eighties, it's it's more just songs by random artists here and there. I feel like that makes the eighties the eighties for me. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there was bands in the eighties that you know came out with hit after hit after hit. But for me, like I look at the eighties and I think of you know songs like "Tainted Love" by Soft Cell. Like, what other songs does Soft Cell sing? Does anybody know? <laughs> no, I don't. Um, like "Sweet Dreams" by the Eurythmics. Mm-hmm. Um, INXS had a bunch of pretty big hits in the '80s. Uh, "Need You Tonight" is my favorite, um, and one of my favorite '80s songs altogether. Um, uh, "Sunglasses at Night" by Corey Hart. We listened to it for yeah, a second before this. Um, but there's a lot of stuff like that in the '80s where I feel like um, it's not for me. The '80s aren't a certain few bands. It's the songs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I just look at it. I look at it. I look at that decade of music differently. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple other, um, a couple other ones. Don't you want me by the human league? I always love nice. that one. Um, I mentioned Mexican radio a few episodes ago. We added it to our list by wall of mm-hmm. voodoo. Um, uh, Prince. I had to mention Prince. My favorite is when doves cry. Like I love that song. Kiss is really good by Prince too. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody's watching me by Rockwell. Nice. Which gotta, I never knew for the longest that. time. I never knew, which is funny. It's like I, I listened to that song, and I'm like, man, that sound that this guy sounds like Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. And I realized because it's Michael Jackson singing the chorus. Like yep. he's Rockwell's the one doing all the verses, but Michael Jackson is the one singing the chorus. Yep. Hmm. And I like for some reason that just didn't click with me until like I was listening to because I. Spoilers, the 80s is going to be my favorite decade. But um, I listen to, uh, I have Sirius XM in my car, and I have an 80s um, radio station on all the time. Um, and he was talking, and yeah, Michael Jackson on lead vocals for the chorus. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually saw a, a documentary about um, 80s music, and I can't remember what, what that one was called in particular, but they actually went through that um corroboration with uh rockwell and michael jackson which was pretty cool nice um and then my last couple are um i have to mention queen another one bites the dust like that song man will get everybody going i don't know if i've ever met anybody that didn't like that song uh it's one of those songs almost impossible just to not just like you know feel that one when it's pumping um Mm. and then man eater by hollow notes i always love that nice smooth love that smooth tune uh, but that that's pretty much it for me. I'm uh, the '80s. I'm I'm a lover of songs in the '80s, not necessarily groups. Mm-hmm. Okay, I respect that. I respect that. Who wants to go next? I'll go. Um, <laughs> so I want to transition because I totally <laughs> respect uh, Ronnie's choice of the '80s. Uh, I actually, being the the eldest member of the GMG Quadfecta. Um, I, I should have known more eighties music back in the day since I was born earlier in the eighties, but I totally missed the eighties music train. And I don't really know why I think maybe because I spent most of my life outside and for whatever reason, you know, we listened to a lot of my, my, uh, my, my neighbor friend, his dad listened to a bunch of seventies classic rock. And so I, it kind of like 
it kind of like pushed the 80s forward. And I actually did not get into the 80s really hardcore until college when I bought that uh, Monster Ballad CD. That was a TV infomercial for a long time back in the 90s. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember where, that. Where they're like skydiving and stuff. Yeah, or? I don't. Yeah, it's something crazy. But <laughs> I, on a whim, I just got it. And it was actually a CD that my wife and I bonded over because we fell in love with the 80s uh, together. Uh, we had always loved the 80s, like movies and that kind of stuff. But we didn't realize how much we love music. Like like Mr. Big, Extreme, More Than Words, uh, Almost Paradise, uh, just a bunch of hair bands and rock ballads and... Uh, we just we just loved it so so the 80s definitely hold a special place in my heart uh, but for me my favorite decade is by far and easily the 90s um, and with the 90s uh, I had a I had pretty eclectic tastes and a pretty eclectic like transition to where it went all over the place like uh, pretty much everything besides country I listened to and even then being from West Virginia I listened to a lot of country, and I think that's what I liked about the 90s is it was so varied. I feel like the variation of music exploded in the 90s, and that's where, you know, hip-hop and, you know, gangster rap and rap in general got mainstream. Uh, You had alternative rock, of course, and and rock just expanded beyond just your normal classic rock or standard rock. You, You just, everything just, the variety was just almost... Not at, at its peak, but it was the beginning of it to where it just hit and it led into the 2000s. And so I really appreciate the 90s for that. And for me, my taste changed in part because my faith uh, grew. And so not only to me is the 90s, you know, Nirvana and, uh, you know, Metallica and uh, Oasis, like with uh, Wonderwall and Don't Look Back in Anger, which is one of my favorite albums, like, I sang that every time I hear Wonderwall or I hear Don't Look Back in Anger, like I'm immediately taken back to like late middle school, early high school for me. Um, and and I loved uh, during that time, of course, I loved Weird Al Yankovic uh, and Coolio, who have a song in common, uh, <laughs> Gangster's Paradise. Much, and, much to Coolio's chagrin. Yeah, much to Coolio's chagrin <laughs> and Amish Paradise. Uh, I only memorized one of the songs, which of course was Amish Paradise. And uh, I love that song. And uh, but Weird Al Yankovic, I always loved his songs and his parody on you know pop music. Uh, but then during the '90s, like in '95, '96, um, I really started to take my faith seriously, and so I kind of got into uh, Christian rock music and Christian contemporary music. And so DC Talk was one of the first uh, bands that I I really got into, uh, and they had everything from rap to rock to more contemporary sounding music. And I, I love DC Talk. They were the first Christian concert that I went to. And then I really feel like uh, they were the first ones that kind of connected with the mainstream audience with Jesus Freak when they came out mm-hmm. with their uh, with their rock album that, that really you know was the first time that I saw friends of mine that weren't Christians interested in Christian music. And it was no longer just like hymns or you know, all these songs about Jesus. It was Jesus freak, like people rocking out, getting in a mosh pit. And, uh, and, uh, that was, that was definitely an album that, that really was impactful in my, in my life. And then, uh, the other two bands that were really big, uh, for me in, in my music taste was, uh, Jars of Clay, which was, uh, yes. an, an, an OG Christian folk rock band that, uh, 
I, I totally remember the first time that I listened to that CD because I stayed at a, at a camp with, with these guys in an attic of, of a house on the campus where every night they turned on the Jars of Clay soundtrack and they just played it all night long. <laughs> and half of me, it drove me crazy because I would wake up because I, I kind of was not used to listening to music uh, when I'd sleep at night. But at the same time, it imprinted that that music in my brain, and now like my memories and that that really just cool time and during high school when I was really like involved in not just involved in church, but but involved in in just life with these guys that were that were just really important to my in my faith and my faith journey. Uh, just the the those songs and that situation and just everything all works together to to just form this very nostalgic, very like. Uh, uh, these specific memories that I'll never forget, and uh, and then the last band that I had to mention is All Star United, which I don't know how well known or if you guys are familiar with them, but uh, they were a band that my friend and I just kind of bonded over listening to. Where we kind of this is back in the day when CDs and CD sleeves had like lyrics on them, and I remember we would get them out and we would uh. We would just sing along to the music, reading it on the CDs, and eventually we would memorize the songs, and we like we knew every word to every song on All Star United. Uh, and then an honorable mention from the '90s: uh, Presidents of the United States of America, nice. Little Doom Buggy, <laughs> Peaches, uh, Lump. Lump. Uh, yeah. The that that CD, like again, my friend and I, Josh, we memorized that entire album. And uh, we sang all those songs over and over and over again. It was good times. So that was the 90s for me, man. Just everything from Christian rock to regular rock to rap to uh, it went all over the place. And I loved it. I played Jars of Clay's self-titled album, their first album, to death. Yes. I I love every song on that album. Um, it was just, oh, it was just well done. Um, I think you could pop that in now and it would still, I mean, it would, it's, uh, it shows a little bit of its age, but I still yeah. think it would be, it would hold up all right for sure. Um, yeah, I know back in the nineties, like I listened to them. I listened to, you know, Stephen Curtis Chapman was the first yep. Christian artist I was introduced to, but my dad, um, so his speechless album, I played that to death too. Um, I didn't get in so much into DC talk until later. Yeah. Um, like way after they were already already split you know, split up yeah um but um you know obviously going to to their alma mater you you get to hear a lot about a, about dc talk because that's where they got started was at liberty mm-hmm. um so um i got well acquainted with their story and that's where i got more into them again um but uh, but yeah definitely have respect for the 90s um just want to share um a couple of comments from our joiners. Yeah, and I will uh, also who, add before you do that, the first sure. CD that I ever wore out um, was Green Bay uh, Green Day's Dookie. Oh yes, um, that that's was the first the 90s, CD wasn't it? I think as a kid Early that 90s. I ever like yeah, 1994. Uh, that was the first CD that I think I just like wore a hole into listening to. <laughs> yeah, like every song, every, like every song on that CD. Um, I think I could sure. like sing word for word. Nice, awesome. 
Uh, yeah, I'm just going to share one of the comments from one of our faithful joiners here for the Good Morning Guys, Mr. Tim Pollan. Hey, Timmy. Uh, yeah. So he says, I'll take a decade in the middle of two. Cheater. Um, <laughs> 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 Sounds like Ronnie. That's a man after my own heart. <laughs> so 1985 to 95. Rock was still good and popular. Alt-rock and grunge were new and fresh. Country was listenable and didn't make me consider driving into a concrete embankment. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tim, but a lot of country, even back then, makes makes me, and still does want to make me, drive into a concrete embankment. But the only country I really like is, like, old country, like Johnny Cash, Hank Williams, all those guys. And Johnny Cash uh, was kind of considered rock and roll, though, in his time. Yeah. Um, Alan Jackson, by the way, King. I'm gonna if you leave say that so. Alone. Yep. Um, <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> and he does. Um, but uh, but yeah. So thank you so much, Tim. And also one more on the Twitter side of things. If I am stalling really quickly to pull that up, because I totally don't have that Got it. So Foster M eighty three at, which is weird at Gemini five two eight six nine. Get ready. This is a deep one. Buckle in. Everybody buckle up. Well. R- Ronnie missed it. What did what did he say again? Eighties. That's it. Just, right. That's a just great choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ronnie and Mark are with you. All right. Oh, we have one more, but I'll save it until after uh, Patrick and I have gone. We'll save it towards the end of the end of our conversation. Did but, we all uh, come from the eighties, except maybe Lucas? Uh, no, we all came from the 80s there, yeah, I was gonna say, Richard. Yeah. He's not that old. Well, I was thinking maybe Richard? 71. <laughs> the year was 1964. 1857. Yep, keep going. 18. Back during the Revolutionary Four War. and seven years ago, <laughs> Lucas Ham Swisher was born. <laughs> The ladies had just gotten the vote. <laughs> you wore one of those yep. fancy wigs, right? The white ones? Uh-huh. Yeah. Lots of powder. <laughs> Put that little black mark on your on your cheek right above the little fake mole. Yep. Man, that was hard to do. How was that good to anybody? Classic. Gotta, do a, gotta have a steady hand. The powdered wigs? Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. All of that. All of As that. It must have been rough. All of it. Intricate. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> yes, we were all born in the 80s. Um, I'm probably the baby of us all because I was born in 88. Yeah, you just um, barely got in there. You are the baby. Yep. But I'm there, nonetheless. Um, But yeah, so Patrick, what yeah. is your favorite decade of music? So, yeah, uh, also born in the 80s. So I, I didn't get an appreciation for the 80s uh, until like, Lucas said until like college um my uh I never really listened to any 80s because my my oldest brother he's seven years older than I am so when I was growing up I grew up listening to more 70s music more 70s rock like uh Leonard Skinner uh Kiss 
uh, a lot of like the the, the rock bands Golden of, of the seventies. What's that? Is Golden, Golden Earring. I mean, it was it was it was all uh, it was all rock for me. Um, so when the like eighties music never. I mean, there wasn't very much rock uh, in '80s. It was, but uh, the ones that in the '80s I did listen to was like, like Iron Maiden and Megadeth, uh, nice. those types of bands. Um, yeah, like jazz, you know, because, light jazz music. <laughs> yeah, a little, <laughs> a little light Easy, jazz. all saxophone. Easy, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I was, I listened to more of those, like Jimi Hendrix, Judas Priest, and things like that. Um, so the '80s music wasn't really for me. Uh, because I had an older brother that I kind of look up to and whatever he liked, you know, I kind of liked. Um, so, uh, but, but uh, my favorite decade was the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was specifically around like the grunge era, like the 93, 94, 95 with Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains and Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, all, all, all around that time is when I think I started to like music and, you know, like I'm 10 years old, it's 1993, my brother is like around the age 17 to 18 years old, you know, like the, the quote unquote, like cool age when you're like little, you know, like, so, um, so whatever he was like, and he it was like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, uh, Metallica. That's pretty much whenever when I got into it. That's also when uh, Columbia House was around. Oh so yeah, you get like <laughs> yes. you know, fifteen CDs for, for ten cents or yep. whatever it was. Just had to pay for shipping. That's right. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, I I real it's like Nirvana. Like I've I've said before, uh, it's my number one band of all time. Uh, all the all the songs. I I even read. Uh, the uh, the biography of Kurt Cobain uh, back in college because his his life just interested me uh, because he was in such like a like a dark place um, and he was such like a, a a genius when it when it came to writing music and when it came to uh, making music not just writing it but it was just like uh, everything about it. So I, I was really into Kurt Cobain and, um, and Nirvana, uh, but that's the, uh, um, the nineties by far. Um, I don't, I don't know if it, like, I think they say, um, once you get to a certain age, you don't like find new music. You like stick with a certain time frame for the rest of your life. And I think that's where I am at, yeah. um, is around those few years. Um, one other one was, um, was tool. Uh, I, I don't know if you've guys listened to tool before, but, uh, um, it's one of my, uh, both of my brother's favorite bands of all time. Uh, they had finally just released a new album within the past month or two. Yeah. And they're, they are coming, they're, they're touring, they're coming to Cincinnati tomorrow. So my brother and I are going to go see them tomorrow, which is my first concert i don't know in years and the concert i went to before this was um metallica which is another you know 80s uh, 90s band um so yeah i'm still sticking with the 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 90s you know just they just haven't went away for me i bet you tool puts Um, on a great concert though i i I can imagine that's probably an awesome concert to go to for sure Mm -hmm. i've never i've never seen tool before i think when you know like when tool was big you know, I was 
what they first came out with one when i was maybe nine eight or nine years old yeah um and uh they kind of like went away around when i was like maybe 17 18 uh and they finally came out with a new one so i haven't seen them before so i'm really excited to see uh i don't know if they're my brother had got tickets so i don't know if there's like an opening band or if it's just tool i'm not sure yeah, they'll but probably have I'm a warm really up excited. opening band maybe yeah who knows nice but yeah 90s for sure um so the the bands that uh, that uh that i the top five bands for me were like nirvana sublime i forgot to mention sublime oh man um the 40 ounces of freedom and the uh the summertime summertime when the living's easy yeah i just uh uh i was actually listen to that oh go ahead yeah, yeah, I I know it was it was an older uh, rendition. Oh no no no! Uh, I was just gonna say I actually watched a video the other day um, that the lead singer of of Sublime it was a bummer the fact that he never actually got he never lived to actually see their mainstream success because mm-hmm. he actually passed away before they got mm-hmm. really big before their first yeah. major album came out. And it's wild, like my. Um my top bands that I love, you know, Nirvana, you know, you know, Kurt Cobain passed away, uh, sublime. And then, uh, Allison chains, Lane Staley, you know, yeah. he passed away when I was in high school and, um, it was a bad time for, for, for the, for that, uh, because there was a lot of like drugs and, you know, the drugs and rock and roll kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so Nirvana, sublime Metallica and, uh, I wanted to find like uh, other bands or other artists from the '90s that really has you know stuck with me. <laughs> so there were two other ones. Uh, one of them was Eminem. Eminem came out in the late '90s. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like the the Slim Shady LP, and I don't know if the Marshall Mathers one was in the '90s. That might have been 2000. I'm not entirely sure. So. Yeah. But he it was huge. I mean, I was in high school at the time. Eminem was huge. The uh, the dye in your hair, that blonde was very, very oh big. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great time to be alive. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing, also, I, one thing I wanted to mention yeah, about Nirvana because I've like read a lot about Kurt Cobain, and there's a few good documentaries out there actually about Kurt Cobain and Nirvana. the The craziest thing about him in general, like he is, I, I agree, he's extremely interesting as an individual. Because here's a guy with all this talent, all this success, and he doesn't. He, he never wanted any attention. He really never wanted money. He didn't care about it. Right. It was, it was a bizarre thing. Like he was famous, and he didn't even want to be. Uh, yeah. But it was it yeah, was a, it was a exactly crazy combination. Was. Like he he never wanted the attention. He never wanted to be famous. He just wanted to be in like the corner of a room. He didn't want people to notice him. Um, but he became one of like the biggest rock stars. I mean. I don't know if there was a band bigger in the '90s than Nirvana was, but or they they um, rose, yeah, they rose to fame so quick. Oh yeah, it was it yeah. was just a crazy time. But he didn't even really want he didn't care about money. He didn't want to be famous. Like he'd be walking around in the same you know busted up pair of shoes, like dirty looking yeah. clothes. Like he just didn't it didn't matter. Like money didn't matter at all to him. No, so. he didn't care. Like like you said, all he wanted to do was to make music, which he loved. He did not care. Yeah. Um, if he made money from it, um, his, you know, his band was pretty much keeping him in the band. Yeah. 
um, because uh, that's all he wanted to do is just wanted to write and that was it you know make make music yeah. um, but it's a yeah a wild if you have ever there's there's there was two documentaries um, about him one came out a couple years ago uh, I don't know if if it was on like History Channel or A and E or something like that but um, it was one of those cable sh- cable is this channels. the one that came out like uh, a couple was, years ago like right at the anniversary of his death or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it was really good, really well done. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And then, uh, the last one, uh, well, I was, I was 16, uh, when a video popped on TRL. You remember TRL? Oh yeah. That's throwing it back. (laughs) Yeah. TRL 1999. This woman comes on and starts singing a tune and I was with my buddy at the time, and we turned and like, what is this new song? It was like, world premiere. And it was Britney Spears, Hit Me Baby One More Time. <laughs> and this was in 1999. I was 16 years old. 16 years old, you know, high school, kid. I'm a guy, and I see Britney Spears. And, uh, yeah. That's uh that song has stuck with me for since then and uh yeah. I also don't know if there like was a bigger song that I can remember when I was a kid that came out than that song. It got more attention than that. Like I don't know if there oh, was yeah. one. It wasn't just the song, but it was the music video. I mean, she was wearing Oh, people were like, schoolgirl People uniform. were outraged like it was it was a crazy it was a whole crazy thing. Yeah. But yeah, those are uh that's 90s for me. Mm-hmm. Nice. Very what nice. about you, Mark? Um, so rounding things off here, um, I like I said earlier, to me, um, you know, I love all different kinds of music from different um different decades. You know, I love the sixties music with the Beatles and things like that. Um, I love certain aspects of the seventies, mainly rock. Uh again, we're not gonna talk about disco. Cause bleh. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, like I said, I love different different songs from different uh, er- eras of music. Uh, definitely love some current stuff. Um, but to me, there was never really much of it as much of an experimental time in terms of messing with music than there was in the '80s. And so uh, the 80s is probably, at least right now, my favorite decade of music. Um, and when I was a kid, uh, like I've shared before, my mom used to have the radio on literally 24-7. She would have it on all the time. And, you know, back then, current was the 90s. But then they would also play the 80s as well. There's a lot of 80s stuff uh, that they would play. And so that was pretty much the background of my growing up. Um, now, obviously, I was big into rock uh, as well, stuff like, um, you know, Stone Temple Pilots and Metallica and all those kinds of rock bands and stuff at the time. But a lot of 80s songs and 80s bands have really stuck with me, and I've really paid attention to the the musical arranging of that time and the lyrical content, and there were just lots of guys that lots of people that were just really good at making great pop lyrics. Um, and so obviously, uh, in the eighties, um, 
the synthesizer became much more <laughs> widely available and affordable. And it is very apparent in a lot of the music of the time. Um, that is probably the one instrument that was probably beaten to death mm-hmm. in the 80s was the synthesizer. <laughs> um, and it's still used in, in many ways today. Um, but it became it became much more prominent um, in the 80s. Um, and the early 80s were kind of, uh, there was still kind of kind of country-ish type of stuff on the charts. But like once 82, 83 came around and, and new wave bands started coming out um, and people were getting a little bit more experimental with music, um, uh, there was a lot of great stuff coming out um and and so my compilation of of top five bands were you know i love all sorts of 80s songs um i like i said i have sirius xm and pretty much it's always on the the 80s 80s on eight um so i love a whole bunch of different songs from the 80s um but i picked out five bands that kind of stood out to me as as some bands or artists from the 80s um, that were kind of the face of the 80s um, and so um, these aren't in any particular order but they're just my five some of my favorites um, first and foremost is is Hall and Oates um, Daryl Hall and and uh, and John Oates nice um, they they know how to write a great pop lyric um, they had a lot of influence from that Philadelphia uh, not not Motown, but that Philadelphia soul sound um, that they were able to pull into their own music. Um, obviously, the pop stuff at the time, a lot of synthesizer and things like that, um, and just great vocals. Um, Daryl and John both are, are great singers, great writers. Um, you know, between like Ronnie, you mentioned um, Maneater. Uh, you make my dreams come true. Um, out of touch. Uh, kiss on my list. Um, all just a whole bunch of songs uh, throughout the '80s that they were just really strong uh, pop writers. Um, and so I always end up just enjoying listening to their music. Um, so that's one. Uh, another is The Police. Uh, which I know they started they started around in the 70s, but they they came into big prominence in the 80s. Um, they had that that uh, sort of experimental rock sound with a lot of like reggae tones in it um, that that really gave them a sound of their own. Um, Sting, like a lot of what I gravitate towards in terms of music is is distinct voices. Um, that that stand out from the rest and and sting certainly has that um, he's got a very distinct voice a very just enjoyable voice to listen to and you know don't stand so close uh, every little thing you do is magic uh, um, every breath you take uh, king of pain all those songs are just great songs to listen to um, the next one is journey Oh yeah. When when I think of like classic, you know, karaoke type '80s songs, like what's the first song that immediately comes to mind? Don't stop believing. Like anybody, like you you start playing that song and everybody will start singing it. 
um, because it's just that iconic of a song. And, and so, you know, between that one and faithfully separate ways, um, when the lights go down, um, all those, all those songs. And of course, Steve Perry, powerhouse singer, um, just an incredible voice. Um, unfortunately he can't hit the notes that he used to back then, but he's still making music. He just came back with a new album and he can still sing. He just can't sing as high as he used to. Um, so he's got to bring it down low, but he's still an incredible, incredible artist. Um, and just all those songs are just really solid. Um, and just really enjoyable to listen to. Um, another is, uh, tears for fears. Um, I just, when I think of just iconic eighties songs, everybody wants to rule the world and shout, just scream eighties to me. Um, and, um, it's just got a nice vibe to it, you know, strong lyrics, powerful lyrics. Um, and I just, I just love listening to their music. And then of course, Ronnie, you mentioned earlier, Michael Jackson. I think no other face is the, is more synonymous with the eighties than Michael Jackson, especially like 82, 83, 84, Michael Jackson with his off the wall and thriller um, and then later on in the 80s with his Bad album. Um, just an incredible powerhouse. Very talented singer, songwriter, dancer, choreographer. All of those things. And, this, and the incredible thing is he didn't know how to read music. He did it all by ear. That's crazy. Yeah. He just he, he knew what he wanted. And he mm-hmm. was able to communicate and convey that to the musicians and 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 the producers. Um, he was able to get across what he wanted, and he would keep fighting for it until he got exactly what he wanted. Um, and he came out with just some incredible music, you know, uh, Billy Jean, obviously Thriller, um, all those songs. Um, oh gosh, what is that song? Don't stop till you get enough. Uh, rock with you all those all those songs um just an incredible powerhouse you know i don't think he was the inventor of the moonwalk but he certainly made it famous Mm -hmm. um that became his move um you know you've made it huge when there's a dance move synonymous with you like that is your signature move um so just an incredible powerhouse of the 80s and I just always, anytime 80s music comes on, I just, it just feels good <laughs> to listen to it. Um, so that is pretty much why the 80s is my favorite. And so um, it seems like we're kind of split in the middle in terms of, you know, a couple of us like 80s, a couple of us are, are good with the 90s. Um, I think that's a lot of a product of the time where we came from. Yes, we were all born in the eighties. Um, but you know, that eighties nineties area is pretty much what we grew up in. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Um, so it, it makes sense that what, that's what we gravitate to. And the beautiful thing is that music is a universal language, um, that anybody can talk about really in some way, shape or form. I don't think I've heard somebody say, I don't like music. 
I've heard people say I don't listen to a lot of music, but generally I don't hear somebody say I don't like music. In some way, shape, or form, yeah, everybody likes music. From you know whatever genre, whatever decade it is, um, that's always something that we can we can bond yeah together for over. sure. Um, so, um, one last comment from our uh, our Twitter was uh, Mr. Splig Shiplig, however you'd like it, uh, Dopalicious, aka Mike Doherty. Uh, he mentions the fifties, which is one we didn't talk about. There you go. Um, but Bill, ha- you know, people like Bill Haley in the comments, uh, rock around the clock. Um, he's got at least one or two more hits and I'm not remembering. Um, he loves swing dancing more like twenties to the forties type of big band, uh, swing music. Uh, but the evolution of that and rockability is some of his all-time favorites. So he must be cool. he must be into uh, Stray Cats and Brian Setzer because they're very much influenced by you know big band music, swing music, and rockabilly. Mm-hmm. Um, his second favorite would have to be the rise of ska in the '90s, uh, and uh, he mentions another somewhat Christian band, uh, Five Iron Frenzy. Yep. Um, which, um, generally, like, I don't mind listening to ska. Um, there are certain ska bands that I like more than others. Um, I've enjoyed some Fire of Iron Frenzy. Uh, yeah, for sure. But, like, the one, the one thing that made me get into some ska music is one game, video game, four words. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much got me into some ska music because a lot of the music that was on the soundtrack for that first game was was all ska. Yep. Um, you know, especially like um, was it Goldfinger? Uh, their song Superman. Mm-hmm. Love that song. <laughs> um, but uh, that's the but first yeah, time I ever I love... heard Real Big Fish. Also, was on that oh game. yeah yeah for sure. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. It's a lot of a lot of major use of like syncopated guitars and and brass instruments and things like that. It's definitely an interesting combination, mm-hmm. um, and it was all, always a lot of fun to listen to for sure. Um, and then fifties music, I definitely have an appreciation for that. Um, that's where essentially rock and roll got started. Mm-hmm. Was in the fifties, especially with uh, Chuck Berry, um, you know Johnny B. Good, and and, and songs like that. Um, and, and, you know, of course there was still that sort of rough divide segregation was still happening, but a lot of light white artists were, were listening to this, this rock and roll music, which was primarily coming from black artists and bringing it and some would argue stealing it, which I can, I can agree with. Um, but, but pulling it into their own, their own circles, bringing it to, you know, a lot of white listeners um and i think that broke down honestly broke down a lot of barriers um you know obviously there was still a lot to work on and and still a lot to work on today Mm -hmm. um but um yeah i mean 50s was a great time for for music for sure especially with the, the the beginnings of rock and roll um but but yeah um so that is all our our comments from our joiners 
Um, and I think that is about it for our uh, discussion on decades of music. All right. Well, then I guess we will close out this melodious, melancholy meandering through our favorite music decades on the GMG podcast. If you would like to share about your own personal favorites, join in on the conversation. There are a number of ways to chat with us and our fantastic GMG community. Links should be in the show notes, or you can find them on Twitter as well. There is Discord for talking about everything from video games, life, dad jokes, and more. There's Twitter, as I said, at the GMG Podcast. If you're old school like me, there's also email at the uh, the Good Morning Guys, all spelled out at gmail.com. And then, of course, the final way you can connect with us and also practice your Casey Kasem voice is by calling us at 929-GMG-GUYS. Leave a message, ask a question, and let your voice be heard. And you know what else should be heard, of don't, course. Don't, what? Don't forget about Instagram. And Instagram. I need to add that in. I keep forgetting. Instagram. And then what is uh, the Instagram handle? Uh, at the... Good morning, guys. I have no idea. I think it's at the GMG podcast. <laughs> Do we have a MySpace page? I love how you bring up Instagram. <laughs> you've you've done it now two weeks or so, Patrick, and you don't know what the Instagram I know, I should have is. Hey, don't up. forget about Instagram because I do. Uh, we did have a Google <laughs> Plus page at one point. It's YouTube. Uh, uh, what is what is, what is it? I don't know. The GMG podcast. Call there it. There it is. You call Found it. Work. Yeah. Good work. The GMG podcast. Uh Oh, man. Well, you know what else should be heard? Uh, Mark's Top 100 GMG Music Playlist on Spotify and Apple Music. Mark, take it away. What music you got on this oh, right, music? Oh, we're songs right here? Inspired. I think we have more, um, don't we? Yes, 100 songs minus 96. Um, what? So no, the I, songs that are already on there. I'm not talking about you giving 100 songs now, silly. <laughs> Let's uh, do a marathon. Uh, yeah. Do you have those stats? <laughs> Yeah, I think we have like 160, close to 160 yeah. on there. Yeah, we uh, All right. So, yeah. So, as always, you can find the Good Morning Guys Morning playlist on Spotify as well as on Apple Music. Thank you so much, Bernabe, for holding things down on that side. And, of course, uh, I have chosen songs based upon our discussion on decades of music. So, first off, uh, I'm pulling in Hollow Notes, You Make My Dreams come true um secondly with slight hesitation maybe more so than i'm willing to admit this is patrick's for uh, sure <laughs> <laughs> uh britney spears baby one more time uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> um uh, third song is jars of clay's flood yeah and the fourth song is Corey hart's sunglasses and yes 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 <laughs> Uh, so yes those are the submissions for this week and I hope that they help you get your good morning on alrighty then well talk at you again next week on podcast services around the globe as we talk take talk blah, blah, as we take a digital trip to old Scotland and have our second guest on the show stay tuned to see who it will be Alrighty then, Mark, Pat, and Ronnie J, along with you, our beloved friends and podcast family, go get your good mornings this week. May God bless and guide your lives as you live, as you work, and as you game. One, two, three, four.
Mark, 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 Mark,